1957, CBS Radio saw a rise in revenue for the first time since 1950. For all of that year, Gunsmoke remained the only adult Western radio drama on the air. They recorded at the KNX Hollywood Studios on Saturday afternoons. One of the uh, nicest things of the Saturday morning table reading was when Parley Bear would arrive with two enormous boxes of goodies from Benish's Bakery, which was a marvelous bakery. Of course, everyone would always complain that Parley brought the wrong kind of torts or the wrong kind, which would drive Parley up the wall and Howard McNair would laugh. And, but anyway, it was a pleasant way to start out. And all of the members of the, uh, both the casual and the regular cast were such professionals that they could kid as they worked without losing emphasis. It was released twice a week. It would be released first on a Sunday night and then re-released the following Saturday morning. We had a tremendous audience. As I recall, I think we were something like, because of the double show, we had an audience of something like 50 million people every week, which was fantastic. You know. In early 1958, CBS ordered two new Western programs to air on Sunday afternoons, replacing an hour of concert broadcasts. The first would be created by CBS director Anthony Ellis. The only background I can give about him is, is what I know about him from my personal experience, having met him, but only in Hollywood. I didn't know very much about his background before he arrived here. No, I didn't know. He was know English, you know. He's English, yes. And his mother was Effie Kalish, a pianist. As a matter of fact, she taught me piano. She came over here with the English pianist by the name of Solomon and brought her family and her husband, who was also her agent. Tony was very musically inclined, and music played a very important part in his, not only the production, but in the writing, in his mind. He wrote musically in many respects. Tempo meant a great deal. Dynamics meant a, a great deal to Tony. He was a very, very broad, very warm, very kind, lovely, lovely man. A very sensitive man. Extremely sensitive, yeah. yes, absolutely. Ellis's new show would be called Frontier Gentlemen. The title character would be an Englishman named J.B. Kendall. Kendall was a journalist writing for the London Times. He waved his way through the western territories of the U.S. in the late 19th century. Frontier Gentlemen would be recorded in Los Angeles. Well, uh, Tony Ellis wrote it, directed it, produced it, everything. And I think it was one of his finest efforts. I know this, that Tony liked that show better than any show he had ever done in his life. And I think it showed. And I was very close to Tony. And he would very often refer to that show as with great affection. It was one of those shows that I think was so well written that uh, it played itself. With Frontier Gentlemen being developed, veteran sound artists Tom Hanley and Bill James were brought in. They specialized in Western drama, and by 1958 were considered the best in the business. Jerry Goldsmith, then a CBS staff musician, was tasked with creating the musical score. Cut one, Frontier Gentlemen opening. Mm -hmm. 
Anthony Ellis handling all production and direction. The only other question was who would play Kendall. They have some rather strange customs in the West. There's a town in Montana Territory where it's against the law to carry a gun. The sheriff lives by this order, but other men can die because of it. Ben Wright auditioned on January 29th, but something was off. Frontier gentlemen. I did every accent known to man. South Slobovian, East Yemeni, and I did it with absolute perfection because nobody knew what they sounded like. <laughs> Not a soul. The director or producer said, well, can you do this and that? And he said, of course I can. And you did it? And he said, beautiful. Because he didn't know what it was supposed <laughs> to sound like. The next day, John Daner recorded an audition for what would become the debut episode. They have some rather strange customs in the West. There's a town in Montana Territory where it's against the law to carry a gun. The sheriff lives by this order, but other men can die because of it. Frontier Gentlemen Here with an Englishman's account of life and death in the West. As a reporter for the London Times, he writes his colorful and unusual accounts. But as a man with a gun, he lives and becomes a part of the violent years in the new territories. Now, starring John Daner, this is the story of J.B. Kendall, Frontier Gentleman. The journey had taken 98 days from St. Louis. I had come by riverboat, up the Missouri, the little stern-wheeler climbing, churning, scuttling over 2,000 miles of sandbar and rapid, then into the lonely wastes of another, swifter stream, the Yellowstone, until we finally docked at South Sunday in Montana Territory. My ticket had cost $300, which left me about... Fifty in my pocket and the slim hope that there'd be a letter at the express office with my remittance from England. in off the boat? Right. I wonder if there's a letter for me. J.B. Kendall? Uh, Kendall, uh... Oh, any trouble on the way up? I hear Sue been kicking up her heels. Sitting bulls, making big medicine again. Don't sound good. Uh, we didn't see any. Kendall, Kendall... English, ain't you? Yes, yes. Uh, figured by your talk. Uh -huh. Don't see many of you in these parts. No. No, there's nothing for you, mister. Oh. Uh, you're sure? It's rather important. From England? No, nope, nothing. Maybe tomorrow on the overland, though. Uh, say, you planning to stay a while? I think so. 
You better get and register then. Register? Over to Sheriff Clanton's office. Here's a notice on the wall. Maybe missed your attention. All strangers to South Sunday will, within one hour of arrival, register at the office of the sheriff or be prosecuted. That's Clanton's orders. Surprise you missed the signs. They're all over. Uh, thank you. Oh, that's all right. Wouldn't want to see you in any trouble. This ain't the healthiest town in the territory, not for strangers. Oh, any particular reason? Well, oh, excuse me. Afternoon, Mr. Farley. Uh, this here's Mr. Kendall, just off the boat. I was telling him about registering. Well, that's a good idea. Uh, Dave Farley's one of the sheriff's deputies. Helps keep South Sunday law-abiding. Big job in these times, yes, What's sir. What's your business, job. Mr. Kendall? Oh, you might call me uh, jack-of-all-trades. I might. I do a little writing for a London newspaper. You know, an Englishman's view of the Wild West, that sort of thing. We don't take to strangers. Oh, really? Shame. I've been looking forward to my visit. Yeah. Well, now you've seen it, you know what it's like, so supposing you get yourself back on the boat and try up the line to Rosebud of Junction City, huh? <laughs> I don't think so. Now, if you'll pardon me, I'll register at your office. You carrying a gun? No. Get your hands up over your head. Hmm? Higher! You just hold it. Just so. All right. That your baggage? Yes. Pick it up. I beg your pardon? I said pick it up. Oh. Now, come on. Tell me, Mr. Farley, how did your town get its name? How should I know? I thought you'd take an interest as a matter of pride. Civic pride, you know. Mr. I don't like the way you talk or what you say, so you just shut your mouth. All right, inside. Where you been, Dake? The JB stood for Jeremy Bryan. He was a remittance man, banished from England by his family. An ex-soldier of the wars in India, kicked out of the army for refusing to testify at the court-martial hearing of an officer he believed innocent. J.B. Kendall. I uh, understand I have to register. Yeah. Anthony Ellis was himself an Englishman. Writer, huh? He incorporated period slang and formed a picture of the West from the perspective of a man able to get inside. Well, as a matter of fact, the name intrigued me. His adventures came in all forms. He met nameless drifters, outlaws, and real people from history. Uh, from what I understand, there might be trouble brewing with the Sioux and the Cheyenne. I'd like to be here if it blows up. What's the name of your paper? London Times. You ever hear of a dake? No. Mister, all kinds come to these here parts. Now, I ain't exactly calling you a liar, but... Quite all right. One can't be too careful. Uh, here. My papers. Uh-huh. J.B. Kim. Pretty subject. Yeah. London Times. That's what it says. Here, you see, Dake? Yeah. Yeah, that's what it says. Uh, other strangers get off the boat with him? No, just him. Uh. <clears throat> well, you sound all right to me, Mr. Kendall. Now, you just remember, I got a set of rules. You live by them while you're here, you'll get along. That seems fair enough. No man except them authorized by me carries a gun in South Sunday. That way we don't get a bunch of crazy lickered up miners and the like shooting up the place. It seems the usual thing for a man to be armed in most places. It ain't usual here. It's again the law. Oh, I see. You get yourself fixed up at the hotel? And not yet. Well, you're going over to the Empire, Mr. Kendall. 
You tell them Frank Clanton sent you. They'll take care of you. That's very good of you. Take, take a look at his baggage. What, you're going to search my luggage? That's right, mister. No guns in South Sunday, not worn or hidden. That's a law. No, I haven't got one. Well, I'm glad to hear it. I like a peaceable man. Yes, sir, a fellow like you might think of settling down here on South Sunday. Quietest little town in the Montana Territory. It's an opportunity for a man. I'll keep it in mind, Mr. Clanton. Ain't nothing in his bags, Frank. Well, now, Mr. Cantle, you enjoy your stay here. Anything you want, you just ask me. And I'd appreciate it, sir, if you put my name in your paper. Whatever you want to say is okay with me. The supporting cast was played by the Hollywood stalwarts like Harry Bartell, Lillian Byeth, Lawrence Dobkin, Jack Moyles, Jeanette Nolan, Virginia Gregg, Vic Perrin, Parley Bear, Howard McNear, and Sam Edwards. You know, I had some of the best parts I've ever had that Tony Ellis wrote and directed. He used me a lot on the sustaining shows. And whenever it went commercial, he would never use me. And I... I often wanted to ask him about that. I wanted and I wanted to ask him, but I didn't have the nerve. Why is it that I'm I can have these wonderful roles on the sustaining shows, but not on the not on the commercials? Uh-huh. That should have told me something. I... No. 